California will pay two years of community college tuition for first-time students. A new California bill could change the NCAA rules on whether players can get paid or not. And a new law would require students to take an ethnic studies course before being able to graduate. That's what's coming up in this week's episode of California Streaming. This is the California Streaming Podcast with your hosts, Bobby, Jonathan, and Louie. We're three conservative California natives putting ridiculous state and local politics on blast. So hop on our magic bullet train to nowhere and let's talk some California politics. And uh, how's that recession coming along, John? <laughs> right, man. There's so right around much- the corner. Everyone, everyone has become an expert on everything. It seems out there on the internet now about recession markers and metrics and triggers. It, and- it's the only thing they can do to deflate the market is to say, "Whoa, whoa!" And uh, recession is any moment now. Right. Is any moment. This metric has always predicted a recession, and it just triggered. <laughs> Which it's funny because you hear all that, and then in the morning you turn on Fox Business or Varney right. or something, and they're like talking about how good the market is, and you're right. like. Um, Hmm. And nobody's ever been able to predict a recession. It, I think that's the other part of it too. In hindsight, everyone's like, "Oh no, it's, it's in 22 months. Right. This is happening." Like, okay, it's like the end of the world. The Mayans said it happens. I don't know. Where, where do we stand on that No Deal Brexit? Does that factor in? Is that a everybody must that's run and hide? But that's the thing with every single one of these topics is you can argue yourself into thinking that's the needle, mm-hmm. and once that hits. Armageddon, you know? I mean, it's, it's, it's like, it's like who was setting literally how many people were sitting around the table in 2006, let's say, and commenting on whether it be news programs or financial news or around the coffee table going, you know what? I know people are making money hand over fist in this house flipping thing. This is going to be the needle that's going to bring it all down. No (laughs) one, no one was doing that. No, no, nobody. And we had all these adjustable rate mortgages. <laughs> no one and, was saying squat. Right. And I say that to say that if you think you got it figured out and like you've got the metrics and the things that are going to lead in this way, you, you could luckily be right, but you're probably going to need to try again. Well, and the home stuff was another one of those. And we have a couple stories like that today. Everybody needs. Everybody gets. <laughs> right. right. There's no real qualifying principle. It's just everyone deserves a home. It's it's an investment. It's a piece of property. Who who I'm, says everybody I'm gets to buy that. you a tent, Louis? I'm <laughs> waving my hands like Bernie. It's a human right, right? You know, one Absolutely, of those, one of those sorts of things. Oh, open up your home then. It's sitting empty right now. Funny how that never works. Yeah, There's this. Uh, oh no! Tell me, tell me, John, about the the new uh, train that's going to be built in Las Vegas. It got approved. And oh, well, let's not talk about that because huh? I have a question around that. Okay, so let's not let's not do it. Okay, yeah. But I do have a tweet from Omar. Good old Omar. Oh, yes. Oh, alien Omar. Regarding yeah. these people, man. The uh, hurricane stuff. Yeah. She said that even if ICE stops raids during the hurricane, undocumented immigrants whose homes are damaged during the storm won't qualify for federal monetary aid. It's time to change this dehu- dehum- dehumanizing mm-hmm. immigration system. Mm. So <laughs> let me get this straight. You weren't here legally. You got a home, your home's destroyed by hurricane, and you're pissed off that the feds then won't give you aid. Right? I just, that that's the timeline? Don't worry, Louis. It's all in Abuelita's name. Right. It's Don't all, worry about oh it. Jeez. It's crazy. 
the there's a there's there's already this inherent um uh, i'm looking at not quite expectation but um when it comes to a lot of the i we i guess we could say like the millennials or the younger people they have this they expect everything right sure they do and then that carries over into people that aren't even here legally like you came here illegally but you still expected everything like where does that where does that work anywhere we've transitioned from you expected entitlement that's yeah, the word no, right, right, right. right. And, and we talk about you know cuz cuz you've got stories from uh, from family but we talk about Ellis Island right we talk about a period of time where all you expected was the opportunity to not be impeded for what you wanted to try to do. That was like your only expectation. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you showed up, you and, know? And if you look at that older generation, they wouldn't dare take a handout from the government. Oh. Like, that would be insulting to them. Oh, big time. But now we've got this time shift of, well, let me see how much free stuff I can get. Yeah. Including, even though I'm not supposed to be here, when my stuff gets wiped out, I'd like you to pay for it. I mean, we just went through the last episode and we talked about a lot of programs that are just struggling because we don't have the money for them. And we keep putting more burdens on them. Programs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Programs. That's the buzzword. Yeah, these spin words. (laughs) (laughs) Wastes of money. Yes. Well, speaking of programs and wastes of money, let's just jump right into it. Let's do it. This one comes from CBS LA. California will pay two years of community college tuition for first-time students. Where's my button here? There it is. Oh, Kachin. Yeah. It's free, though. Wait, no, no, no. It's free. (laughs) California is the biggest state yet to join a growing nationwide push to pay the first two years of tuition for all first-time community college students. Yay! (laughs) Governor Gavin Newsom, he's going to visit East L.A. College and talk about the expanded California College Promise Program. Speaking of <laughs> program, Stop man. laughing, John. Buzzword bingo, <laughs> the man. The California College Promise Program. Promise. For dreamers. <laughs> like me. If, you're a dream, if you dream, you have a promise. <laughs> Pay for two years of community college tuition for the first time. Full-time college students in California. So... They'll pay for your first two years if you haven't gone to college yet and if you're a full-time student. Uh, It's been gaining traction in California for years. L.A. Mayor uh, Eric Garcetti launched a program that provided tuition at L.A. community college districts um, for the first year, starting with the L.A. USD class of 2017. And this bill is estimated to cost roughly $46 million a year. That's it. That was a lie. But continue. Yeah, right. Newsom's first state budget included paying for two years of community college for all first-time students, um, which already paid for one year of community college tuition. So the state's 2019-20 budget includes $42.6 million to support a second year of tuition for approximately 33,000 students, according to the governor's office. So I guess in this first round, if you've paid for one year, they'll cover that second year. And then going forward, they'll just pay for everybody's first two years. Oh, my goodness. Um, I think it's absurd when we talk about the education numbers <laughs> on how many can't pass high school right. and how many of them can't pass community college. It's like, and then how many don't go to a four-year after that. It's funny because it's like you're so – you just look at this kind of stuff. 
you're so not solving the problem by offering them. They can't read and write. People in our state can't read and write at an eighth grade level. So offering them, <laughs> offering them 13th and 14th grades here's for free. I have those statistical nuggets if you want to know. One second. What? Here's where you see either somebody who has a complete lack of understanding the market and why it's inflated. Oh. Or somebody who's being intentionally dishonest about it. Is this the Gavin quote? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So Gavin says... Quote, no one can argue with the fact that the full cost of attending institutions of higher learning is still far too high, both in California and across the country. But by offering two years of community college tuition free, California is taking a meaningful step toward chipping away at the cost of higher learning for students and their families. The reason why tuition so high is because it's subsidized by the government. FAFSA is the reason why tuition's high. That's the reason. If nobody could come up with $50,000 a year to go to USC, then USC would not be $50,000 a year. But the fact that I can have zero assets and nothing to my name, I can qualify for FAFSA and get 80 grand approved in a year to me. And I take all 80 grand out because I'm a stupid, dumb high school senior. That that's all USC cares about, right? How how much money can I soak out of the government? Where's that line of how much they will subsidize and I will just take it to the limit? That's what this does. Because that doesn't mean it's free. It means it's being subsidized by the state at the tune of $46 million. So all those institutions are going to charge full rate to the state on all that tuition. There's a fantastic chart that's out there on the internet. It has a host of categories, I don't know, maybe 15 to 20 categories since the 1970s, and it tracks their percent change in cost annually to take it to current day. And essentially, there are, I don't know, half a dozen things above zero, meaning they have inflated in price over the last 20, 30 years. And then there's a good 18 or I don't know how many below, meaning they've gotten cheaper and cheaper and cheaper year after year. Everything above the line, and education costs is one of them, have some element of government influence or intervention. Medicare, education costs. You can go down the line on the things above that, that have growth year over year, and they all have an element of government subsidy, government involvement, government price controls, or lack, whatever. It's, it's, to your point, that is exactly what's going on. And you coming in, Mr. Newsom, and offering to subsidize an, a government-inflated price of something doesn't actually lower the price of that something. Right. <laughs> it just masks. Yeah. Here's a I, statistical I, nugget for you. Nationally, 40% of students who start college never finish. Oh, how, how, what was that percent? 40%. Succeeding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By 2020, 65% of U.S. jobs will require some type of credential or degree. According. Which is a big problem. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me stop right there because I used to work for uh, <clears throat> Johansson and Johansson. You know, those guys who just got... Sued oh, yes, for yes, half yes, a billion dollars. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, those guys. Um, we started requiring a college degree for the call center. The 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 hello, how can I help sure, you? Sure, sure. 
this was just out of control. I went, why would I go to a four-year college to, to answer the phone and ask, you know, how can I help you today? Oh, my God. This was out of control. And this is what we're planning. And you know what? We, you're talking, Louie, about expectations. And the problem is, is that parents are putting an expectation on their children to go to college. They're influenced by their parents and say, you need to get educated. You need to go here. You need to do it. Sign on the bottom line. Because when it comes to it, when they're starting, and when they're signing their student loans, mm-hmm. their parents right there, they're full on board of signing their kids up for these huge debts and saying, you need to do this. You need to go to USC for 50000 a year. Get it done. And every, your life will be so much better as a result, just like their life was so much better. But it's not translating in the same mm-hmm, manner mm-hmm. because of what John said. The numbers oh. don't match up. Again, I can still, re- I don't know about you guys, I can still remember what I paid for Cal State tuition first quarter in, in the fall of 1998 to go to a Cal State school, obviously classes only that didn't, you know, not housing, not books, but $710. It's at least four times that now. Oh, yeah, easy. Easy. And nothing inflates that fast. Oh, well, nothing that is under normal market forces. Well, within a couple of years, I remember when I started at community college, it went from seven bucks a unit to 11 bucks a unit to 22 bucks a unit. And that was probably within a five year span. Think about that. Price. Hey, they need a pool, Louie. Come on. Think about that price increase. And now, does anyone know what the, uh, I was going to look it up here. What is the cost of community college unit? No, but think, I mean, but just seriously, let's call it 7 to 21 so we can easily do the math. Three times, 100%, 200% price increase in, in a span of three years, four years. No, nothing inflates that fast. Here's another nugget for you. Except only, education and medical and everything else the government involves in. Only 17% of attendees of community college actually graduate. See, then they go on to be the 40%. Those are the ugly stats that would inform whether a program like this is necessary or not. But those sorts of stats bring ugly realities to an otherwise heartwarming message, right? And the heartwarming message is you want to go to college, you want free tuition. I'm here to give it to you. I'm Santa Claus. Let me bring up another issue. And it's the Accrediting Commission for Community Colleges of Junior Colleges where they have been the ire of many of the colleges they accreditate because they have been giving so many citations to all these community colleges. Oh, yes. We talked about that. We talked about this a long time ago. Santa Barbara City College. Santa Barbara City College, San Francisco, Compton. Uh, There's a whole bunch of city colleges out there that are not making the grade and this organization is coming down on them pretty hard. Okay. And so what these colleges want to do is they want to side skip this accreditation and say, well, you're being too harsh on us. And we're like, we're doing our job. Our job is to make sure you do your job and getting the education that these kids are paying for. And now we're just going to side skirt that and just say, eh, whatever. Eh, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We're subsidizing losers. The colleges are the losers mm-hmm. in this thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
we're paying for very expensive babysitting yes. services. Yes. Okay. That's what we're doing here. And I don't, somebody needs to wake up and say, just because we're paying for <clears throat> quote, quote, free college does not mean we're actually getting quality college. Now yeah. it's just going to be a requirement. You have to go to this place until you're 20 and then, and then, then that's it. And then, but you still need that full, we're going to require master's degrees from now on. Look, I'll be honest. When I think about this from like a, an A to Z perspective, I, it does generate, it really does generate for me some sympathy for the average student from the following perspective. We're designing a system that says by the very nature that we're wanting to pay for free tuition for the first two years or for a city college, we're saying this is what you really should do kind of from a peer pressure from a, this is the norm. You need to be going to city college. Mm -hmm. Yet we're also running them through a public education system that so ill prepares them for the current bar that is even our local city colleges how is that anything but an incredibly frustrating experience for this student who you're not preparing them to do squat beyond, let's say, an eighth, ninth grade level in terms of an uh, historically eighth grade, ninth grade level in terms of reading, writing, arithmetic. Yet you're saying, but here's the you really you really need to be getting into the city college because we're giving it to you for free. And they can't. This 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 goes right into that the SAT story where they're giving you extra points for being poor quality or having different yes. skin color yes. or, or, or whatever factors and go, Oh, here's extra points. You didn't actually earn that right. 1400. You're not actually that smart. We're having to make kind of, kind of nudge it along. Exactly. There. Exactly. What a joke. You got some numbs. Louis? Yeah. Here we go. So, Oh boy. I'm looking at your this face. This is for the UCs. <laughs> In 56, 1956, it was 300 bucks. For a year? Yes. Oh, geez. In 68, it went up to 1,200. That's a lot in 68. Yeah, that is a lot. In 76, 2,130. In 86, 5,112. In 96, 4,354. In 2006, 7,434. In 2009,000. Ten thousand dollars. Wow! And in 2012, fourteen thousand four hundred and sixty. The escalation in the last—that's oh, crazy. Yeah. And then it froze. It had a period of freezing, and then they just voted this year. The they can increase five percent a year over the next five years, just like wow. rent control. So it—it's it going to work. It had it right. It had a period there where it just blew the roof off. Oh yeah, I mean you went. From 06, from 7434 to 2012, $14,460. Double in six years? The non-resident rate's like $50,000. Oh, my goodness. Uh, one of the opponents to this community college brought up the point was, well, that's great. We're paying for the tuition. One of the problems, of course, is housing. Right. Housing is not included in this uh, promise from California. That's the biggest cost for most um, college students is that not only tuition, but you got to be in the dorms too. And ka-ching, ka-ching, it's not panning out so well. That's where the biggest nugget is coming from. How do we solve that? You know, what's funny is you're starting to see that here in Santa Barbara. At least I was overhearing some people talk. And (laughs) all these developers, I get it from a profit-making perspective. All these developers are trying to get through new apartment, new housing, beds for rent, essentially, in... City College, UCSB sort of areas, 
because why wouldn't they try and just take advantage of FAFSA money? Oh, totally. Right? You know, I mean, it's like it's like the incentives that this skews all and the rippling effects all the way into what types of housing people try and build to get approved to get access to FAFSA dollars. What's crazy is we came down federally with laws against the for-profit institutions who were doing this exact Ponzi scheme. (laughs) They would run their ads for ITT tech and stuff during the day when most people who are unemployed are at home just watching network television. Totally. And they'd say, hey, become an electrical engineer in your non-transferable degree in units. Right. They charged $100,000 for the the degree you couldn't do anything with. But you could get it. And then they sat down with you and taught you how to fill out the FAFSA paperwork and how to get qualified. And then when you know it, your odds of finishing that person finishing college is like zip. They don't finish the first year half the time. Right. And they spent who knows how many tens of thousands of dollars. Right. Now you're on the hook for that loan. ITT Tech got paid because FAFSA paid them out. Right. And now you've got all this debt, still no job, still no college education. And then they just go defunct. Right. So, yeah. Yep. But what is the difference with the. Even the government public institutions are still selling you half the time a lame degree, like some kind of. Oh, yeah, we could. Gender studies. Gender studies. Jews do my gender. Mm. Crazy. One of them has one of them has public employees. The other doesn't. That's basically back to the jobs programs that most of this stuff really is. So, yep. Next one. Yeah. We're going to still stick with school here in California. This is a pretty big story. This is good. The Fair Pay to Play Act, a California bill, could change NCAA rules. This comes from the Times Union. A lot of people are reporting on this. The NCAA wants a level playing field for all athletes, even if state law proposals threaten its longtime model for amateur sports. With the California Assembly considering a potentially landmark measure that would allow athletes at state colleges and universities to profit from the use of their names, likeness, and images. NCAA is trying to figure out how to respond. Mm -hmm. So this goes down to the whole college athletes can't make any money. That's an NCAA rule. And uh, the college can sell their jerseys and profit off all of their likeness. And the athlete gets zero money on this. And I think we actually talked about this in a while, maybe a year ago when it kind of was being discussed. Yeah. California proposal would allow athletes to earn money through endorsements and sponsorships while prohibiting schools, conferences, and associations like the NCAA from enforcing policies that prohibit those payments. It also says the NCAA cannot declare any school or athlete ineligible for taking the money. The state Senate approved the bill in May 31 to 4, and then it just passed last week its next step in the uh, Assembly Appropriations Committee. Mm. So now it's going on to the full assembly. NCAA's president uh, is the, his argument is that schools within the state would not be eligible to compete for NCAA championships if the Fair Pay to Play Act were to become law. So that's the NCAA's response. It's so, fine, do what you want, but you can't compete for any of our championships. Here's here's what they're really going to do, which is, well, they'll just exclude them. They'll just right UCLA, USC, whatever. They'll just no longer be able to participate in any NCAA. That's well, it. Well, yeah, they'll that's, just, that's, just yeah. deal with it. And they'll go, we'll lose these teams, but, you know, oh, well, it happened. And all these college kids will no longer be in that system. 
they'll still be able to play, but they'll have to organize within the state itself and only play within state teams. Would you go play for a school that couldn't compete for a legit championship? Exactly. We were talking about this a little bit off air. Boy, (laughs) who knows where this could go, right? You could come up with a whole ton of scenarios. For example, okay, let's say you've you've got some pretty serious and competitive schools in California, right? Does this create its own league? In which case, if players are going to get paid and you're a recruit getting recruited by Florida where you can play in the normal NCAA system or get paid and still play against a lot of competition and still get probably seen by NFL scouts, it it really skews. It makes an interesting dynamic for incentives. But the problem is it's state colleges and universities. So your Stanford's and your yeah, USC's. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. They're going to say, screw you guys. <laughs> okay. I, I hear you. At the same time, does that make, I'll just use my alma mater and, uh, and because they have a football team, does that make a Cal Poly football more attractive and potentially on the road to becoming more competitive if they can attract an out-of-state recruit who wants to get paid? In this, and well, what's more important? Oh, exactly, getting paid or developing your resume and getting seen. But but you still might get yeah. seen by the NFL recruiter in I, this in this California public school. I think it has, it has I, to be. I don't know. The paycheck has to be weighed. Yes, you, you know, you look at it all and you go. You you go to college in general. You know, actual education for the promise of a paycheck four years from now. If you're good, enough. if you're good enough, right? Otherwise, you just you know, go right. out and swing a hammer, start making money now. Right. That's that's the other other spectrum, right? Make money now or p- build something so that you could be a future hit success in the future. Well, I I've been saying for a long time, why do you even need the NCAA? I it's an, it's an opt in kind of thing. Interesting well, question. I I posed the question to John earlier, and I said off air, and I said, why not just take these teams and break off and become your own competitor to the NFL and the NBA and and what have you and the MLB. I mean you already have the you, fan base. Cuz you can't. Well, there's there's such a Oh, I know that they I know that the they two. I know that they have these NCAA rules already, but why not just break off and just say, "You know what? Screw it." They're right. Maybe we should just go ahead and start paying these players. You already have the fan base. You already have the TV agreements. You already have the coaches. You have the whole systems already yeah, built yeah, up. But, but it's not that it's not that small of a of a world. You act like California. Nobody cares about California. Well, no, no. I'm just saying the whole thing, the whole national. But but you've got to get all of these conferences who also get. No, no, no. I'm saying just the tops because you obviously have a difference. But yeah, the, the tops top. get money from the conference. Yeah, a lot of money. Millions. Break off. No, but they won't get the millions. Wait, wait. Like do, when Alabama okay. wins their conference, yeah, they get a bunch of money. But how much does Alabama get from uh, ESPN? And those sorts of TV rights that do the, does that have anything? I'm not an expert. I don't know. Does that have anything to do with the NCAA? Those sorts of dollars? Well, probably. But, but does, they're only but, being carried because they are playing within the NCAA. The only way your your philosophy it's a work chicken body egg thing is if yeah. everybody left. Yeah, and everybody's not critical going to critical leave. mass. Right. You'd have to have that, or you'd have to start with just a sport. But think about it. March Madness is the only thing that keeps college basketball relevant. You Nobody could, watches it till March. That's right. And you, but you could, you could do that. I mean, we're talking like hypothetical world here. You could do it if I understand what I'm saying here with an if. 
take college football. If you could get the SEC, you can need like three conferences, the SEC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12, and you kind of get them on board, because you've still got, like Notre Dame's still independent, right? right. They, okay, and, and with with that kind, I don't know, you're, you're, you're talking a pretty big, and I realize what I just said was a huge if. But. I, I think you're making the assumption that the Pac-12 is more relevant than it is. And I think in the past years, I don't well, think it's no, as no, no. relevant as... I, I mean, I'm taking in the spectrum of these t- uh, schools have exciting programs right. where they pour a lot of money into it right. to get the result to be on the national TV circuit and thus make money off of that. Yeah, but why would I care? It's like carrying the NIT tournament. But you, but you like, know what? I'm thinking of it from Louis's perspective too. For a second, Bobby, think about it from the think about it from the school. Yeah. They're currently getting the money. All we're talking about is adding an expense line yeah, to, for them. Totally. They're not going to want to do that at all. Yeah, paying players is a pure expense. They're already getting all the cash flow, which is the argument on the player side and and some of these um, politicians is the players are getting hosed in all this. Mm-hmm. But the schools will never right. They're never going to band together because they're getting all the revenue and not having this expense currently. Well, and, and where's the shortfall going to develop when all that money stops going into them and going to the players? Well, right. Right. There's <laughs> going to be fallout from right. that loss of income. And we already talked about that. Most state schools, at least in this state, don't compete at a national level no. because they don't spend the money needed That's to right. pick up the big coaches and everything else, right? right. That, that, is, that is a UCLA problem. In the UCLA-SC right. competition That's world, right. That's right. it's, I think, their coach, their football coach, whoever it is at the time, ends yep. up being the highest paid employee in the state. That's right. I saw it on a list researching this, Chip Kelly. Right. Chip Kelly, Steve Alford, the coaches for UCLA were like towards the top of the California pay you know, yearly pay scale they have thing. To be. Right. Because you got to give them like $4 million <laughs> right. to get somebody to come out there. Right. Right. But I don't, I think the only way, that it's, this is actually going to be a really interesting story to follow. Yes. Because the yes. NCAA is going to, they have to die on this hill. Because if they topple, everybody else will topple. And let's, let's make no mistake about it. To your point, they are big enough and funded enough that their legal team will probably be able to compete against any legal team oh. that California or whoever wants to bring. They're just going to say you opted in the NCAA <laughs> right. yeah. and you signed all the paperwork right? and it says no one will get compensated and now you're going to compensate them. Bye-bye. Right. Right. And, and I'm sure this is, I'm sure this language is very buttoned up in their contract because this has been controversial for a long I'm, time. I'm sure. Right. That's not saying I'm not a fan of pay players. We've no, talked no. about this. I, totally, I kind of yeah. like the trust mentality. But you're just seeing where this is headed, and this, oh, that's yeah. where this is headed. It's, it's back to another California element of they wish, it, they wish the world weren't a certain way, so they think by passing a bill and a law, the world will change. Like, eh, not so much. I mean, it's the unintended consequences, and what the unintended consequences is going to be is all the other sports that ride the coattails right. of the money generated by the bigger sports. It comes down to football. College football is hands down the biggest driver for money on all these big campuses. Of course. And all the smaller sports out there, they get a slice of that pie. Yeah. Correct. That's why. Right. So there's, there's nothing that's, this is not going to end well. And it's not. And and I, I kind of like the, put their money in a trust 
and give it to them when they leave. Correct. Versus just outright giving, writing them a check. Because I do think then you, you, you kind of don't have a separation between professional sports and college. I also think you get a weird kind of, you get a weird, um, uh, this weird thing that will develop. And I know it's free market stuff, but you will have schools being able to comp- to pay players more than other schools. And so I don't know how you solve that problem, right? Because right now it's just based on your talent, right? You you aren't good enough to go play here, right. so you go to maybe a Big West school or something. Right. Right. But then it comes down to pay. Right. I'm going to go here because they're paying me more. Right. And I think in the public side, okay, because everyone's, I think, fairly even. But once you start folding in the private universities, tricky. Yeah. it gets really, really tricky on that. Yeah. Okay. Is it that time? It's okay, that time. Man. It's go time. Oh, it's a little devil's advocate crossfire in this segment. I pick a topic. And Bobby and John play Rochambeau to see who goes first, and I think John just won. Correct, Amundo. And uh, whoever gets to go first picks the side of the argument they want to be on, okay. and the other person has to defend the opposite side, even if it makes them look like an idiot or they don't agree. I just do this, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me pull this up. I'm trying to multitask. All we know is trains, <laughs> and I like trains. They're. How dare I ruin that? So this will be curious. I'll be curious on this one. So what's pretty cool, there is a new high-speed rail being built. Sounds I've it. been saying this for forever. Totally. They should make a bullet train yep. from California to Vegas. Yep. Specifically, LA to Vegas would be better. Yep. Um, of course, my iPad wants to screw up here. Oh, the uh, yeah, the background. <sighs> yeah. I'm out of the zone now. There there it is. Is. I'm in I'm it. Back I'm in back in. I'm back in. Okay, so high-speed rail, yep. California to Vegas. Yep. It is the first privately funded passenger rail in more than 100 years. Inter- yep, okay. It's going to cost $4 billion, <laughs> and they're only going to charge people 60 bucks one way. Okay. So my question is to you, should we privatize all the rails? Because I doubt the bullet train will be 60 bucks. Amtrak isn't even 60 bucks <laughs> from Santa Barbara to Los Angeles. It's like $70, right? So this seems like a pretty good deal when you privatize the market. And John, I know you're typically a big fan of large government, <laughs> but let's see how you go. 100% privatized, baby. And that's not going to come as a shock. Look, most of the rail, if not all the rail that Amtrak runs on is already owned by private corporations. Now we can get into the debate as to that original rail was originally laid by government subsidies, etc. Suffice it to say, Burlington Northern, um, UP, CSX, the companies own, private companies already own the rail. So that the idea of a private rail company, passenger company, working with a private hauler who owns the rail is very natural to begin with. I think it's I think it's been pretty clear Amtrak over the last 15 20 plus years has tried so many different things to be profitable they are not profitable in some ways it's kind of surprising I think some routes on the east coast are actually profitable but as a whole Amtrak is not I think there are a myriad of other 
com- competitors, and especially on something like this, California to Vegas, it provides a nice alternative that sounds like it's at a great deal. Privatize it. All right, big, big government, Bobby. <laughs> Let's go with the government. Yes, yes. Um, as far as I remember, this train doesn't even go over the mountain. So what is the freaking point? This is a loser through and through. I know everybody hates going to an airport, given the fact that you need your uh, real ID that we can't seem to ever get from the DMV. Thank you very much. But what a loser. I mean, what does it cost to go from Burbank to, to Las Vegas? Like 50 bucks? Maybe. It's still cheaper to fly. And until they get that price down, it ain't going to work. Now, granted, maybe they're going to have some kind of party train. Let's hope that it is. But it ain't going to work. It ain't ever going to work. It didn't go over the mountain. You have to Once you drive over the mountain, what's the point? Might as well drive the rest of the way. What's the point? What a waste of money. I'm for at least I'm glad it's not on the taxpayer's dime. The critical point being the last one, my friend. Taxpayer dime. Yeah, it's not on the taxpayer dime. It's true. There's no way it's cheaper than a flight, Bobby. I don't know what you're what you're smoking. But southwest well, from Burbank to Vegas. What is it what is it? Two eighty. Two eighty? Even oh, even even their um, you know friends fly or whatever the, the cheap want to get away rate is going to be like yeah there you go it's true this thing's going from Victorville yeah. to Vegas right now y- you got to give me some way to get from Fullerton to Victorville on a train which I don't think there there is a rail route but it's all it's all uh, commercial freight well and just to clarify the question was whether rail I, should be I, privatized I understand I understand and which I obviously still agree and with you know but. what. I don't care if it falls on its face, as long as it's not Bingo. taxpayer subsidized. You didn't pay for it. All right. It's awesome. I, I just looked it up, Louie. South Country Airlines. I've on um, Sun Country Airlines. Oh, Sun I've, Country. Yeah. Never heard of it. Well, oh, anyway, yeah. $57. Oh, yeah. And the guy gets out and says, clear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to use the restroom? That's 50 bucks. <laughs> all those, like Spirit, you pay yeah, for yeah. all those incidentals. Right. Oh, hey, you, smi- you know what? Oh, you <laughs> wanted a seat cushion? <laughs> you smiled at me? That's 10. Yeah. You know what? You go up, you hover for about 15 minutes, and then you come back down. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Everybody eventually comes back down. Whether <laughs> One or not way or another, eh? you land <laughs> is a different story. If you're on the 737 Max, uh, who knows how you're going to land? I don't know, man. It's I think still it's grounded. Cool. That's weird. How long is it going to take them? Oh, you'd no. Think be, I, you'd think they'd be in a hurry to get this oh, thing Oh, the Max? Done. Yeah, that's... Man, it's just a school, a school session for me today. Another story from California. Schools were doing it all right. Man. This is from our friends at the LA Times. Mm-hmm. Require ethnic studies for California students but first rewrite the curriculum. So California's got some legislation moving forward to require all high school students to take an ethnic studies course or they can't graduate, which begs three different questions. Should ethnic studies be forced on every California student or should it remain an elective as as it's been for hundreds of different public schools? If it's to be required, so we're saying it's basically up there with English and algebra and history, what current course requirement should be waived to make room since we only have so many periods in a school day? And should ethnic studies continue to be a separate course or folded into regular history classes? 
So a committee of academics wrote the so-called model curriculum after it was ordered up by 2016 legislators. The project was overseen by the State Board of Education and the Superintendent of Public Instruction, Tony Thurmond. You've got to wonder what the overseers were thinking when you read this stuff. So the harshest critics, always, because they're always the ones who are discriminated against, uh-huh. was the Jewish caucus. Yes, they wrote a very fortright uh, uh, letter to the... Uh the committee and they were not happy about it yeah their letter said that quote they were inaccurate and misleading in several critical respects and contended it was drafted in a manner that reflects an anti-jewish bias so the draft discusses topics like islamophobia and the caucus noted it omits any meaningful discussion of anti-semitism other organizations like the Armenians, the Greeks, the Hindus, and the Koreans also complained, protesting that they weren't included in the curriculum. Yes, so the ethnic studies is a broad spectrum, and they, everybody wants to get included to the party, but the people who are actually on the advisory committee is a real who's who of Trump's not my president kind of people. Jeez. So, Orange man bad. Exactly. So these people... Um, and I believe I used the term correctly, people are very vested in the field that they teach at. And they're just, I don't know what we're, what the polite thing to say is. They're trying very hard with the task of trying to appease everybody and appease, uh, offend nobody. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're very biased in the field that they are in. Like we're talking women's studies and everything studies. It's I don't know what I don't know what we're doing here anymore. There was a giant glossary of new terms. Yes, I wanted to go developed. through that Here's as well. Three oh of them. no, <laughs> have you seen these? No. Oh, it's it's kind of like in the in the in the track of Latinx. Oh boy. Here so we've we go. got, I got to really pronounce it. This is like a medical term. Cis heteropatriarchy. And then we've got history, but with an X instead of an I, because we can't have his. his. Yeah. That there's was herstory too. And then there's X disciplinary. So <laughs> don't give me that look, John. <laughs> what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Actually, Jose Medina, Democrat from Riverside, said that, uh, that you know the bill would make ethnic studies required for his teaching. He's a high school teacher. He said, I'm a high school teacher. I wouldn't find that vocabulary helpful to my students in clarifying things. Um, so I looked up the definition, the, the definition of H. X history. <laughs> I don't even know how I say it. How do you pronounce the run on of consonants? Zistry. 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 Throughout this model, curriculum language is used that deliberately offers an alternative to traditional wording that could have a particular context within the dominant culture. This is the definition from the, the explanation. More information about these terms can be found in the glossary. So, uh, as, let's see. This was a quote from somebody. As such, it can grow its original language to serve these needs with purposeful respelling of terms. The misspelling includes history as her story, spelled as H-X-R story, and women as W-O-M-X 
N. The impetus behind the spelling change is to connect, quote, a gender and sexuality lens along with the socioeconomic class lens at three of its intersections. Terms utilized about this document, which may be unfamiliar, unfamiliar to new practitioners of the field, are defined in the glossary. It's like that one commercial. That's not how it works. This is not how any of it works. The curriculum's looking to rewrite history and subsequently reality. I just want to make one point here. Only one? At least one. Okay. And I'm going to bring up some stats. I'm just going to let these stats lie here. As you are going over what you just went over, and as we're debating about what letters to put in what words and how we're going to do this ethnic studies class. Let me just go over the following. The American Community Survey found that 43% of California households are burdened by high housing costs, and so it affects how they can actually fund and support their kids' education. And the, the ramifications of that are 7 out of every 10 state 4th graders are not proficient in reading, 70%. 70% of 8th graders are not proficient in math. Nice. And we have 17% in 2016 and 2017. Um, there are still 17% of our high school students that aren't graduating on time, and only 41% were college ready. But out of that 41%, 100% are going to go to their first two years of community college for free. So we're looking at those statistics and we're trying to figure out how in the world we're going to spell history in our new ethnic studies class that's going to do nothing to help these kids learn how to read or write or do math any better. They'll, you're missing the point. They'll get more woke. And the more woke <laughs> you are, it translates to a better job you get. Sure, it does. So, so math, reading, and writing skills, those are falling. Wokeness Right. is on the rise. Yeah, we're getting rid of the SAT for a woke exam. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what's going to determine whether you get into college is how woke you are. I wanted to get back into the glossary because there was one more part. Oh, in it it, it separately made a national um, opinion piece. It was part, you know, then they defined capitalism in this glossary. Capitalism, an economic and political system in which industry and trade are based on a free market and largely controlled by private companies instead of the government. Within ethnic studies, scholars are often very critical on the system of capitalism as research has shown that the native people and people of color are disproportionately exploited within the system in a capitalist economy. Surplus value profit is generated from human labor and everything is commodified. I'm confused then when you talk to and they do interviews of people all over India since the 1990s when that economy was made more market centric, uh, how that's worked out for them. And last time I checked, they were people of color. Doesn't matter. You're not yeah. woke enough. Got it. I'll work on that. The state's going to hell. Oh, my goodness. Quickly. And it's no wonder these kids come out so dumb because this is what we've. They come out real smart on. in this kind of junk. That's the problem, right? They come out real smart in this and how to spell Hazurstri or whatever that is. This whole replay. I'm wondering, in the uh, aeronautical world, you've got the two big Bibles. You've got 
all your FAA regulations, right. the FAR, right. and then the AIM, which is no, the AIM. Airmen Information Manual. And they still have things like notice to airmen, like when you want to know about Ooh, certain things at an airport whoa, and stuff. Whoa, 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 men? Airmen is used on all the paperwork, whoa. on the website you register on for your for your pilot's license. It's, it's, it's still crazy to me that that term gets used in today's world because it's airmen and airmen, right? Like, and you know what? Women can still get their pilot's license. No. It's crazy. Yeah, no. the term doesn't, like, exploit them or eliminate them. Crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. Funny how that works. <laughs> right? But, but I, it's, it's funny when you hear it because you're like, man, in such a PC world, the federal government is still using terms like that. You can tell how how long an LAPD officer has been on the job. Same with the LAFD, actually. Because the old LAPD badges used to say policeman. Oh, no. Yes, 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 yes. Now it says police officer. It has for a long time. But the real old-timers have fireman and policeman. Classic. (laughs) Classic badges. But that wasn't PC. Firefighter and police officer. You can no longer call it a police force. It's too aggressive. Yeah. Like Space Force. We're done. That's all I got, guys. That was enough depressing stuff for one, one Big day. Time. Oh, we got lots more next episode. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Our listeners make it possible. Tell a friend, as Bobby says. Uh, get us on Apple iTunes. Subscribe. Get new episodes every week. And uh, Google Play. Go to our website, calistreaming.com, C-A-L-I-Streaming.com. Submit a comment. Tell us if you want us to cover something. Tell us we're wrong on something. We love that stuff. You can find all of our episode pages with our with our show notes and our links to our articles there as well. Yeah, man. Hit that share button. It's real easy. Share it on your socials. Get everybody woke. Get woke with us. Apparently, that's the new metric. That's the big one. It is. The woke meter. Hysterex. I think we need to develop, we need to develop yeah. a woke meter and then judge our stories. <laughs> I, think I think you're right. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten. How woke is this? Yeah. I like that. Maybe I think we'll work on that. <laughs> we're going to get we're going to get dragged out of the out of the studios here one day. Oh, big time! There's going to be a knock on the door, and they're going to drag us out and hang us by our toes, and it's just going to be the end of it. So, because <laughs> we're not woke enough, we're not woke we're enough. Not. We're not, guys. Well, Bobby, on that note, let our listeners know what they need to do oh, in the next upcoming. You need week. to join us because we're burning it all down. <laughs>